song gets me every time. So, there, this is better, right? Bear with me. That song gets me every time. I love that song. It's truth of how Christ holds me fast. Um, such a great song to be able to reflect upon as we continue to worship our awesome God. If you have your Bibles with you, will you please open them up to Psalm as we continue to walk through uh, the Psalms this summer. We'll be in Psalm chapter 49. As I say, Psalm, I'm, I have one of my old professors lecturing in me in the back of my head. It's not Psalms, it's Psalm. So Psalm 49. The word of the Lord says this. Hear this, all peoples. Give ear, all inhabitants of the world, with low both low and high, rich and poor together. My mouth shall speak wisdom. The meditation of my heart shall be understanding. I will incline my ear to a proverb. I will solve my riddle to the music of the lyre. Why should I fear in times of trouble when the iniquity of those who cheat me surrounds me, those who trust in their wealth and boast of the abundance of their riches? Truly no man can ransom another or give to God the price of his life, for the ransom of their life is costly and can never suffice. That he should live on forever and never see the pit. For he sees that even the wise die. The fool and the stupid alike must perish and leave their wealth to others. Their graves are their homes forever, their dwelling place to all generations. Though they called lands by their own name, man and his pomp will not remain. He is like beasts that perish. This is the path of those who have foolish confidence. Yet after them people approve of their boasts. Like sheep they are appointed for Sheol. Death shall be their shepherd, and the upright shall rule over them in the morning. Their forms shall be consumed in Sheol with no place to dwell. But God will ransom my soul from the power of Sheol, for he will receive me. Be not afraid when a man becomes rich, when the glory of his house increases. For when he, 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 sorry, when, for when he dies, he will carry nothing away. His glory will not go down after him. For though while he lives, he counts himself blessed. And, and though you get praise when you do well for yourself, his soul will go down to the generation of his fathers who will never again see light. When in his pomp, yet without understanding, is like a beast that perishes. And this is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you for this chance we have to continue to worship you. So Lord, I do pray that indeed you are glorified, that your name is indeed magnified. God, I can't do this without you, so I pray that you would glorify your name. Lord, by your spirit, help me to preach this sermon with what is needed. Use this sermon, God, to bring glory to your name, joy to your people, and salvation to the lost. And amen. So here I am, driving in my minivan, my, my, my soccer dad car at this time because I'm driving it. I've got my family in the car. 
driving through the city, stop at the stoplights, and who pops beside me? I really have no idea who it was, but who does? A guy in a nice luxury vehicle. Nice vehicle. Nice luxury vehicle. You know, the ones that you'd get when you get into your midlife crisis, which I'm getting pretty close to, so be careful. But here I am, I'm sitting in my minivan, and there's this guy beside me, clearly a lot younger than I am, driving a nicer vehicle than I have. Because I'm driving my minivan that has, who knows what's in it. McDonald's, french fries, vomit, all sorts of stuff, and those cracks and stuff that you can't get out. You know, it's easy to look at that guy and and start to scoff at him and begin to rationalize in my mind why I have a minivan and they have a luxury vehicle, whatever it may be. I have to have my daddy's car and they got that. Or maybe sometimes I feel kind of like what the disciples felt like in Matthew 26 when the disciples were scoffing at Mary for wiping his feet with precious perfume when it says and when the disciples saw it they were indignant and say why this waste for this could have been sold for a large sum of money and given to the poor well why is that guy driving that car he could sell that and you know give me so i could have a better car It's easy when we see other people's success to allow bitterness to well up within us. It's not even just finances, it's anything. If somebody's life is going well, maybe they got a beautiful family, maybe they have a family, maybe uh, their job is going well, maybe they're healthy, whatever it may be, it is easy for us to look at their success and have bitterness well up within us. And don't tell me I'm the only one that does that because then you're all lying and you all need to go repent of that. Because I know my heart even when I'm driving my minivan down the city. You know, is it wrong? What was the focus? What has the focus become when I allow those thoughts or those dreams to come into my mind? It's times of trouble that bitterness can creep into my heart and your heart. And this is a psalm of wisdom that we look at in Psalm 49. It is a psalm of wisdom. If, if you have spent any time in the book of Ecclesiastes, you will begin to see parallelisms that happen between the thoughts of this psalm and in Ecclesiastes. But how do I fight the bitterness as I walk through this life? Because this life is full of it. And there's always somebody who's got something that I don't have. So how do I do that? And the songwriter in Psalm 49, in the Psalm of Wisdom, he, he's, he's trying to live righteously, but those who aren't are just getting richer, which is what the source of all of his frustration becomes that is behind the writing of this song. So how do you walk through those troubled times without allowing your heart to become bitter? In verses 1 to 4, we see a call to listen. This is a typical call to listen to what is about to be said. So are you listening? Hear this, all people. 
Not just God's people, everybody. And there is no, this isn't to a specific person, as he begins to break down in verse 2, both low and high, rich and poor, everybody. Are you listening to what he's about to say, the wisdom that he's about to give? My mouth shall speak wisdom. The meditation of my heart shall be understanding. And I will incline my ear to a proverb. I will solve my riddle to the music of the lyre. And this is wisdom that he's calling us to listen to. So again, we hear that call to listen. And this is for everybody. Rich, poor, low, high, all inhabitants of the world. Are you listening? So in the following verses, we see a a warning to those who are listening. This is for those who are struggling with that bitterness that's in your life. That bitterness of when you see someone who seems to be cheating in all areas of their life, yet seems to be getting ahead. But even as I say that, I think how much easier, it is just as easy for us to see those people who are living for God and succeeding, and how bitterness can still well up in our hearts. See, this is a poem, this is a song about living in the lights of inevitable death, especially in lights of the prosperity of the rich. So there's a warning in verses 5 to 12 to those who are listening. A warning to those who are listening. Wealth can't redeem from death. Death is the great equalizer. No one should envy the wicked because they die just like everybody else. What is that saying? The two guarantees of life are what? Death and taxes. It's a guarantee. You can't, they can't take their wealth with them. I'm a bit of a sci-fi nerd. At least I used to be more now, when I was younger than I was a kid. And, or not a kid, now as an adult. As a kid, I was more of a sci-fi nerd. And uh, one of the shows that I used to watch was Star Trek, and not the old one, because I just, uh, whatever. I was a new generation type of guy. And then there's this episode of, uh, of, of, of Captain Picard and the Enterprise, and they find these pods uh, floating in space, uh, filled with people from the 21st century. They had frozen their bodies and threw them up into space, waiting for that time where the diseases that they were dying of would be cured, and that's what would happen. That's exactly what happened, actually. Enterprise comes, and they take this, these pods, and they energize them and put them in the, in the, in the, in the medical wing, and, and the doctor heals them of the very diseases that they have. Actually, they kind of mock the fact that it was so easy for them to heal them. See, these people were running away and they poured all of their resources, all of their money, they poured into extending their life by freezing their bodies. But here's the problem that even the show doesn't bring up is that those people still died. It might not have been of that disease, but they died. All of that money that they poured into that did not save them. I was actually just watching today on, on, on the news, uh, not on the news, on my Instagram feed, because that's where we get our news now, um, of, of, of one of the news channels have how, asking the question, would you freeze your body in these giant metal containers so you could prolong your life? 
See, in verse 5, it comes along as, what is the problem that the songwriter is talking about here? He is trying to live righteously, but the people who aren't are just getting richer. But here's the thing, verse 6, it comes along and says, those who trust in their wealth and boast in the abundance of their riches. These people are boasting in something else and trusting in something else other than God. And the songwriter comes and says this, if you trust in anything else but God, it leads to death. You all die regardless of how much money you have. So he says, why should I fear in times of trouble? For those who trust in their wealth, in verse 6, and boast in the abundance of their riches, truly, in verse 7, no man can ransom another or give to God the price of his life. Truly no man can. No amount of money can stop death, and no one can escape it. It's funny about that. You see a lot of that, especially now, how much we try to escape death. As he continues on, so as no man can ransom themselves, in verse 10, and just like all men, whether wise or a fool, they all die. So the rich oppressor who is getting rich on being, uh, not being righteous will also die. And it gets to the point that their graves are their home forever. And as much as they spend time and resources and energy in building their own homes, their earthly homes, they can't take them with they can't take it with them. Right? Even the animals die. So in your showmanship you will too, he says in verse twelve. So why should the songwriter not fear, like he's saying in verse 5? Why should I not fear in times of trouble? How does he fight the bitterness towards those who seem to be getting it all? Part of the answer is right here. Truly no man can ransom the cost of his life. Nothing. Meaning that no matter how much money you have, it cannot make them right before a holy God. The iniquity of your sin is too great. The holiness of God is too great. You can't pay it. Wealth can't redeem from death. Death is the great equalizer. No one should envy the wicked because, well, they die. Just like everyone else. And they can't take their wealth with them. You know, you see evidence of this throughout history, right? When people like the Egyptians, they, they built massive monuments called the pyramids and filled it with stuff, thinking that they could bring that to the afterlife. Guess where that stuff is? It's in a museum. Or someone stole it. Death is a great equalizer. To those who have listened to the promise, though, as the songwriter continues on, the songwriter gives this great promise to those who have listened and put their trust in God who alone can ransom their souls. Because in verses 13 to 20, there's a promise to those who have listened. So if there is no ability for a person to pay the ransom for the soul, how is it possible in these verses God makes a promise to redeem his people from, his, from death? So here's the answer to how do I fight bitterness? 
We fight bitterness during times of, of trouble by focusing on the promises of God and His Word that will point us, point our hearts to eternity. As the self-trusting rich walk down the road, as people are approving of their actions, because folks, even, as a, even the church, even Christians are guilty of this, right? Elevating those who are rich. Even as, as, as these people are walking down the road, they're unaware they're, they're sheep that are going down the road to the slaughterhouse. But I need to make this point here. The point about being rich is important. The Bible is not against riches. Okay, the psalm is not talking about, hey, it's bad to be rich. It's bad to have a nice little balance in your bank account. What the psalm is telling us, it is that it's wrong to trust in that bank account rather than trust in God. And that shows in our lives. The rich come under condemnation for their insensitivity, their scheming, their deception, and attitudes that they rule in this world. Those who agree with, their, with these actions, often the benef- those who benefit from them, from this power and prestige, they too will also die as the psalm continues on. But in verse 15, there's this wonderful verse. But God will ransom my soul from the power of Sheol, for he will receive me. The songwriter is confident that God will rescue him from the death and the cause, that, and, 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 and from death, not in this life, but in the life, but in death after his life. God doesn't accept a ransom for his death, he provides one. You see that? For God will ransom my soul. Man doesn't ransom his soul. God provides it. The value of a soul is too great to calculate, which means that the ransom that needs to be paid to free it from eternal death requires an infinite price. Remember how the songwriter is fearless. It comes from his understanding of the sacrifice that was paid for him in contrast to the foolish confidence of the unbeliever. The price Jesus paid to ransom was given with love to create friends who would serve God in warm-hearted gratitude for for grace. God paid the ransom for the soul for those who put Their trust in him. Trust in money, you die, you go to hell. Trust in God, you die, spend eternity with God. What does this belief look like? It is believing that Christ has died for our sins and rose again. We fight we, we, we walk through these times of trouble by focusing on the promises of God and his word that will point our hearts to eternity. So again in verses 16 to 7, why should I not be afraid? Verse 17, the wicked rich can't carry their wealth into the dark, joyless eternity to which they are appointed. But that leaves me with another question. The tragedy of wealth is that it gives a false sense of security. 
The godless rich will die like animals without hope of the dawning of light. That is like a deep understanding. And what does this mean for me, though? See, as I read this, it was easy for me to just come here and be like, yeah, praise God. You know, I have an eternal hope. I don't need to be afraid. I don't need to be worried about all these people who have more stuff than me because they can't take it. But should that not cause my heart and your heart to look at them with pity and push me to tell them about the hope that I have in Jesus Christ? Because these people right now who are putting their trust in anything else but Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior are like sheep being led to the slaughter. They're walking down the road into a hopeless pit with no light. Would I not want a person who's putting all of their hope in that, who can't ransom themselves, to have a hope that can ransom them? We live in a society that is constantly seeks to put their hope in something other than the one who died for their sins and rose again. It may, be, it, may be, it may not be money. It may be medicine. It may be family. It may be good looks. A mask. None of these things can keep you from the inevitable. I long for those around me to know Jesus Christ and to have the hope that I have that goes beyond this world for my neighbors who are, who are walking through medical issues, for my other neighbors who believe good works will someday make them okay, for my other neighbors who make them uh, make, think that their conservative leanings is enough for them to be made right. None of these things are able to pay the price that is needed for the sin against the holy God. None of them. God paid that price through his son, Jesus Christ. Would we not want them to know the freedom that is found only in Jesus? See, this isn't just a cure for my bitterness against those who are getting more than what I have. It also should push me out to declare the goodness of God to those people. As Corey McKenna has said many, or a couple, the t- couple times he's been here, he's also often told me himself, you know, evangelism comes out of our worship. When we become more aware of what God has done for me, for us, it should push us out to declare that to other people. So are you trusting in the promises? Are you reminding yourself of what God has promised in his word? Are you preaching to yourself the gospel? And so what, you may be asking yourself. We walk through times of trouble by focusing on the promises of God and his word that will point our hearts to eternity. What are you trusting in today? Maybe it's not money. Put something else in there. As I said, maybe it's your good looks. But if anyone is old enough, you'll know that those often fade too. Maybe it's your job. Well, you can lose your job. Maybe it's your education. You can lose your mind. Maybe it's having a spouse or just your spouse or maybe it's your kids. All good things. But are they things that you are trusting in above the one who can only redeem you? What can money buy? What can money not buy? Your soul. So when you put your trust in your finances, you will get what money can buy, and that is nothing of eternal consequence. 
as much as I really enjoy toys, right? And by toys, I mean technology. I, I like tinkering with stuff. As much as I like those things and accumulating those things, they don't, I can't take them when I die. So when you put your trust in Jesus Christ, who died for your sins and rose again, who ascended to heaven and will one day come back, you will have all that God promises. But let's ask the question, how do you fight the bitterness? When someone is receiving something that you don't have, when something is is happening to me that I think I don't deserve, When the questions come up, how do I fight the bitterness that comes? There's three things. The first one is this. Get into God's word. See, I don't know how many times someone says to me, Pastor, I'm just really struggling right now with this. My first question is, well, how's how's your time with God going? What are you doing? You praying in God's word? Are you in relationships with people that are encouraging you to do that? I don't, I've never heard an answer, oh, I'm doing all of those things. When a disciple of Jesus Christ meditates, you know, I mean like dwells on the promises that are in God's word, they will focus less on what is happening around them and more on the certainty of God's promises. Get into God's word. Matthew 6, 33, 34 says this, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Seek first the kingdom of God. The second point is this. Sing God's word. Did you notice way back in verse, in verse 4? It says, I will incline my ear to a proverb. I will solve my riddle to the music of the lyre. So when we look at verse 4, we see that worship is used to fertilize God's word in our hearts. In, in, in the deepest parts of our heart. There was a time, where it was like a light that goes on in my head. Every once in a while that happens. And this was back when I was in my freshman year of college, like late high school. I really used, I liked listening to punk and hardcore music, okay? You can forgive me about that later. Or I will forgive you for not agreeing with my stance, but that's okay. I I, I really enjoyed that loud music. I love the beats. I love the fastness. I love it. But then I sat there and I was listening to it and I struggled with some deep uh, emotional issues like depression. I'm sitting here and I'm going, wait a second, none of this stuff is feeding into me anything of what I am actually reading in the Word of God. I had to switch it off. I had to change my gears. I, I purposely, every day, and not only in God's Word and praying, but I'm also listening to music that is reminding me of those things. And fertilizes in my heart once again. It's why I love songs like He Will Hold Me Fast. Because now I'm going to go throughout my day singing that song, reminding myself once again of the goodness of Jesus Christ and what He has done for me. That I am undeserving of His grace. 
Yet he is the one who holds me fast because I know I'm going to mess up again. It fertilizes. So get into God's word. Sing God's word. It's why we come together as a church for the reading and the preaching and the singing of God's word. Also, the third point is this. Focus on eternity. What this psalm points out to us is that no matter how valuable the unbeliever thinks and believes his things are, they do not equal the cost to ransom a soul. They don't. The value of a soul is too great to calculate, which means that the ransom that needs to be paid to free from the eternal death requires an infinite price. Remember how the songwriter is fearless. Remember how he asks that question and makes that statement over and over in the psalm. In verse 5, why should I be afraid? Sorry, why should I be afraid? In verse 16, be not afraid. I remember what God has done for me. It comes from his understanding of the sacrifice that was paid for him in contrast to the foolish confidence of the unbeliever. Jesus paid the price. So this leaves you and me with this question. Where is your confidence? If your confidence isn't in Jesus Christ, who died for your sins and who rose again, I urge you, from the bottom of my heart, I can't say this anymore, be reconciled to God. Be reconciled to God. Repent of your sins and put your trust in Christ's finished work on the cross. For the believer... Remind yourself every day. Preach to yourself every day, every hour, sometimes every minute. Preach to yourself the gospel. Remind yourself of the promises of God through his word. Sing those promises and fix your eyes on eternity. Fix your eyes, as Hebrews says, on the author and the finisher of our faith. We walk through times of trouble. That's a guarantee in this life. You will walk through times of trouble. On a side note, I don't understand any aspect of Christianity that says come to Jesus and your life will be okay. They clearly did not read the Bible. But when we walk through times of trouble by focusing on the promises of God in his word that will point our hearts to eternity, if bitterness fear, doubt, pride, whatever it is in your life. For me, as I pull up to the stoplight again with the young kid who I'm like, oh, he's driving mom and dad's car. I need to remind myself of the promises of God. Don't allow it to have a foothold in your life. Fight it. Bitterness comes ultimately from coveting. It comes from doubting that God is good enough for you. And we forget that verse 15. But God will ransom my soul from the power of Sheol. Repent of it. Fight it. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, as you spend time in his word, as you sing God's word, keep your eyes fixed on eternity. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you for who you are. 
We thank you for the chance we've had to be reminded of what you have done for us through your son, Jesus Christ. God, I do pray that indeed you are glorified. Help us to take this good news that we have and to declare it to those people around us. For those people who are putting their confidence in stuff, God, I pray that you would convict them through your, through the, by the Holy Spirit, through the preaching of your word. That you would call them to yourself so that they may have a true confidence that is only found in you. And amen.